Well, hey there, everybody. It's another edition here of our First Alert Weather Podcast. Meteorologist Andrew Gordon here with Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley. Dave, you ready for the weekend? I am so ready for a weekend, and uh, I'm actually ready for the nice weather we have coming up here for the weekend. Yeah, you know, we're getting a preview here. We are recording this on Friday the 26th, and this weekend we're going to have nice above-average temperatures. It's going to be warm. It's going to be comfortable outside, a little bit cooler near the beaches, and we've got some warm air advecting in the area. And something that we typically see this time of the year, or we can see, is in the forecast. And it might be a little bit offshore, maybe not right on the beaches, but Dave, one of these things that we could see this weekend that could prevent maybe a nicer weekend for some folks would be sea fog. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the types of some fog, and we'll get into what the sea fog is. Go to well. school just a little just bit. Just a little bit. Just for fun here. Yeah. But, you know, meteorologist Cutter Martin was out on Tybee, and you, you could actually see the sea fog already on Friday out there a little bit, and conditions favor it being a little bit closer to shore here over the weekend. And sea fog itself... Uh, is a type of advection fog. So it can move into land areas and, and, you know, for boaters as well. I know with with us calling for 80s, that's going to be more so over the land, closer to low to mid-70s, maybe at the beaches or just inshore. But I know you want to get out there, but you have to be careful with the fog because it is so dense out there. Visibility is zero. I've been out there on a boat in the fog before, and you're kind of saying your prayers a little bit because you're hoping that, you are seen or heard or that the other boats around you have radar it's actually pretty dangerous i'd rather drive through fog than be on a boat through fog it's just it's dangerous so i know that we've got a great weekend forecast out there but the fact of the matter is that if you do have boating plans i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that it's going to be socked in completely but you need to be careful because temperature dew point match up it's like mother nature flips a switch and you've got fog and again that is basically you could find out into the coastal waters kind of the the uh, offshore waters, not really for the land areas here. Right. That type of fog that we normally get is the different type of fog, which we typically get here as the temperatures cool at night, and that would be your radiation fog. And that's when the temperature continues to drop at night and gets closer to the dew point in the morning. Your relative humidity will increase. You get a lot more moisture in the air, and we can get that fog developing into the morning hours, which typically lasts uh, maybe an hour or so after sunset, depending on how quickly those temperatures warm up. Because as the temperatures warm up, well, as long as you have the same amount of moisture in there, saying our dew points remain the same, the low humidity will begin to lower as the temperature begins to warm, which tends to dissipate the fog. And that's what our most common type of fog locally is. You know, that's something that Cutter and I deal with in the morning when we're, we're on the news at daybreak with you guys talking about this fog that is out there. And usually we're like, you know, by mid-morning, this should lift. So what happens is should, this I like that. Should, should, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, Savannah's a tricky market. <laughs> you get the sun to rise up. It has to get to a certain angle, of course. Then you've got the sun will then warm up the ground. It has to warm warm up the temperature, then greater than the dew point. Temperature is never going to go under the dew point. And then that actually will warm up the air, causing that fog to lift. It doesn't technically burn off. It lifts. And then you'll see some clouds up there, maybe temporarily, even if it's just for a few minutes. And you can actually start completely socked in, can't even see a mile, and have beautiful sunshine by lunchtime. So just because you have fog in the morning doesn't mean you're going to have clouds all day. So it's it's just it's interesting. It adds another variable that we throw into the forecast, and it is more common here. It's the most common type in the United States that we deal with, uh, mainly in the fall and the winter, but you can have it uh, multiple times a year. And, you know, sometimes it can be real patchy, and we also have to deal with sometimes we'll talk about, you know, it's patchy because 
areas that maybe got rain, rain cooled air in an area going to be more favorable, cool down quicker than areas that remain dry that day. Because you know how it is in the summertime too, uh, where you can get, or even this time of the year, you can get those spotty downpours every now and then that community then later on that night could see fog. Everybody else, what are you guys talking about fog? It's clear out here. And another little type of uh, fog that we see commonly down here, especially more in, uh, I would say, the fall time, would be more of a steam fog. That's when you get the water temperatures, like a little body of water, like a little pond or a lake yeah. or something that has the warmer air, the warmer temperatures. But you get this cold air mass moving over, maybe your first cold air mass of the season. Mm -hmm. So you got the warm waters of the pond or the lake, cold air moving over it, and you get what's called steam fog, and we get that a lot in the morning times as well. Yeah, it's actually really cool, and you'll see this more drastically up in um, the Midwest. I know looking at the, the Great Lakes, our, the kind of this is what I visualize when I think of steam fog. It's just Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, something. You get one of those fronts, and it is just the coolest-looking thing. It looks like it's out of a sci-fi movie that you've got this. It's almost like these little wisps that are coming right up off of this body of water. And here, without many lakes in our area, you don't get that effect that to, to the extent it's not as as visually pleasing, of course, not if you have to be out on it. But it's definitely something that that I think is, is cool to look at. So if you've never seen a good steam fog or steam smoke, as some people will call it, even though it's technically fog because there's not a fire to create the smoke, uh, it's definitely cool uh, to, to get a visual reference to these things. Another type of fog that we uh, can get around here, it's, it's very uncommon because of the temperature that you needed, but it's freezing fog. Uh, when you get some fog and uh, the fog produces a little bit of some tiny water droplets called drizzle, uh, those droplets can freeze on contact uh, with an object and uh, you can get some fog going on there when the freezing fog, but that you'd have to get those temperatures below freezing and you know, with that matching up and stuff like that, it's usually a little bit rarer for us. Yeah, you know, we we don't usually have a saturated air mass over us the same time in which we are at or below freezing. It just it doesn't happen that often. Uh, it has happened um, even this winter out in Texas. It's happened further north as well. Um, so conditions can be right. I mean, we just saw the craziness that happened in, in the South Central Plains, uh, but it's very dangerous and it coats everything because fog is kind of encompassing to be in any way. So imagine if those little tiny droplets that are suspended touch an object and freeze, that's getting on your car, that's getting on trees, that's getting on the roadways. It's making everything dangerous and you can't necessarily escape it. Whereas with freezing rain, just as dangerous, we could follow on a radar areas that have had freezing rain go over it and you could have one mile dry roads, no problem. Everyone's the same temperature. But one of those freezing rain showers went, you know, a mile north and you're having accidents. And that's kind of something that we saw in Texas, too. These spotty freezing showers wreaked havoc over just a small area. And again, we don't deal with that a ton here, but it is definitely possible for our area. Let's just say, thank God, that weather pattern changed for oh Texas and the Southern Plains. And for our area, why Texas was seeing all the cold and the ice and, and the snow, we were getting a lot of rain. For our we area. had the, the river uh, to our north, the atmospheric river, and we were on the warm side, the, the moist side of that one, that's for sure. And, you know, for a while, those, those long-range models were tucking us in with it. So we, we were looking at 
around the seven-day mark in our forecast saying, well, you know, we actually could see these temperatures dip to uh, the 20s or lower. And it was thankfully, close, yes. it was further west, further north. We didn't have to deal with that, but it's unfortunate for the folks that did. And now we got the exact opposite of that. We go from those cold temperatures, and we're looking at, I would say, near record levels, but we're well above average, certainly, coming up here as we move into our weekend, and at least starting out the beginning of next week. Yeah, I'll take it. I know uh, a lot of us uh, (laughs) this morning have been talking about getting out and enjoying it. Last weekend, we were dry. This weekend looks mostly dry and warmer. Spring, for sure. Last weekend was dry, but it was still cool. It was only 50. Yeah, it definitely was on the cool side. Not the best to get out there. I can't really open the windows. And now you want to. Well, not if you've got allergies, because, man, you'd, you'd think I have a yellow car today. It's... It's a mess out there, but you know there never is perfect weather. There's always something out there to to, to ruin your day. So you just kind of have to find the good in it, and and we'll take this warm weather while we can. But of course, whenever we get this warm, when we get this humid, the next time we have a system that comes through, can transition not just rain but thunderstorms. So that's something as you transition in between seasons, you always want to look for. In the fall, you kind of have that second surge of severe weather season, and obviously we're going into the spring now, which is when you could still get springtime cold fronts, match that up with the warm air you've got, get the right ingredients, and you could have that, thankfully, severe weather, not necessarily in our forecast right now, but we are transferring into that season. That is getting closer and closer, and, you know, uh, we are, it's not my favorite time of the year. I'm not a big fan of severe weather. I know you guys probably are coming from Texas and studied that. I I do like it. it, It's a lot to take on the responsibility of trying to keep people safe. Mm Here, when we have to decide, oh, well, where is the severe weather? When is it going to hit? Who's going to get hit? And, uh, I mean, we do it, but it's not my favorite time of the year. I, I I wouldn't say that I look forward to it, but I enjoy just the science behind it. I enjoy... Um, seeing it, you know, seeing the lightning, hearing thunder. There's so, so often we're in the studio, which is fine. And we're watching these storms, these shelf clouds roll in either from pictures, people post in the weather app, social media, or on our sky cams. <laughs> Sometimes it's just nice to get out and go out into the weather that you forecasted and communicate what's going on that way. You know, hopefully I, you know, I'd love a good thunderstorm if it didn't cause any street flooding, no wind damage, nobody's house got struck by lightning no hail on windshields. I I love a good thunderstorm. I don't necessarily like the severe aspect of it, but I think it's a good reminder of what mother nature can do. And a lot of times we have that bystander effect of, Oh, nothing bad's going to happen to me or whatever, but you never know. You kind of have to have that respect for it. And, and you're never going to get the exact science down here with weather, but every year we're getting better at it. And, and I just like forecasting it because so, you know, you, you learn what you did right and wrong. And, and more often than not, lately, I feel like we've done a pretty good job with, with things like that. So I, I look forward to it. It's a challenge. I, The fear, of course, is that you call for a day of no strong storms and it goes wild. And, and every now and then that can happen. I can't think of one in recent memory or even since I've been here that, that that's happened. But it's just interesting. You know, it's a little bit of a break from everything. But at the same time, I know that there is anxiety that comes with uh, severe weather and advice I'd have for people who maybe are scared of tornadoes, scared of lightning, whatever, hurricanes, educate yourself on how they form, Right. have a safety plan because the best defense for fear is an education, I think. And uh, I've 
recommended people go through storm spotting classes th- through the different weather service offices. I've helped teach one with the National Weather Service in Jacksonville. We went down to the sheriff's op- office in Jessup, and it's just seeing that light bulb click and people's maybe fears not get calmed right away because it's a process and probably something that happened to you as a kid, and, and you've grown up with that fear. But just seeing people kind of have their minds eased a little bit just because of understanding that's great. And we don't always get to go into the whys in our little three-minute weather segments, but we can get into the what and the perhapses and things like that. So, you know, we're, we're going to do our best to, to give you the forecast without creating fear. And make sure you're prepared. That's, that's basically our job, to prepare you for any potential. Uh, because like you said, sometimes, you know, the forecast is, uh, could be a little bit tricky. But as long as we tell you, hey, this is the day that we got to watch, that there could be the severe weather in here. And we know that. And make sure you have a, a way to prepare for that. Make sure you have a way to get weather information, whether it's on this, uh, the WTOC First Throw Weather app, whether it's a NOAA weather radio, WTOC.com, whatever you're getting your information from. Make sure you stay up to date. Make sure you know if there are any warnings and what the differences are between a watch and a warning. A watch means conditions are favorable for something to happen. A warning is more serious, meaning something is actually happening and you need to take precautions or uh, some type of um, uh, procedure to keep you and your family safe. I I think something that we don't talk about enough here with the WTOC weather app itself is that you can put multiple, not to get confusing, but you can put multiple locations within your app to be alerted on. For example, I've got it, the app to follow me. So if I'm in Savannah, if I'm down in Richmond Hill, if I'm visiting family in, in Texas, Florida, whatever, if you have the follow me turned on, that means if there's any kind of alert, whether it's a dense fog advisory, lightning within a certain distance, I'll get that. And it'll say blank happened within blank miles of you. So like lightning strike was one mile from you. But I can also turn on alerts for my family back home in Dallas. I found out that they were under a winter storm warning from our WTOC weather app because it's a Dallas, Texas winter storm warning until whatever. So you find out before yeah. they did? Well, n- probably <laughs> unless they are nice and have the app downloaded too. But, you know, real time weather information, that's, that's great. And uh, a lot of people now use Twitter and Twitter has its pros and cons. But I think that was cool that, you know, family's back home in Texas and I found out there's a winter storm warning from our app. So it's not centric to Savannah. If you are traveling, if you're visiting family, want to keep an eye on family or friends somewhere else, you have that ability in the app. I've done that, too, with my parents up in New York. I, mm-hmm. I always go on, and I'll take a look at the warnings and watches. Hey, oh, you guys have a tornado warning for your area. And I call my parents. Yeah. Hey, did you guys? No, I didn't know that. Oh, well, now's the time to take precautions, guys. <laughs> right. Tornado is, I can tell them where it is. Yeah, and, the, and then the next time you see him, you're like, all right, we're going to get this app installed. Make sure your alerts are turned on. Help them out. But, all right, well... Yeah, we covered a lot today. We did cover fog a lot. to severe weather, a little bit in between. That's so. yeah, and we're going to keep it uh, warm. So hopefully, we can all just enjoy these warm temperatures as we enjoy our weekend too. Yeah, enjoy the weekend, worry-free as best you can, and um, I, I just hope that uh, everything stays calm for now. But we'll be here if uh, and when that severe weather comes back on down the road. But I think that'll do it this time, Dave. It was sounds a, good. A good, good uh, time with everyone here. The WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. We will talk to you again soon.